I pastored in the inner city for about four years, and uh, he took that season of my life. The Lord will turn your pain into your purpose. He will take it, and he will turn it around so that it can be used for his glory if you'll just trust him through the process. Amen? So I, I'm, I'm honored to be here uh, to share my heart, and, and really Jesus' heart uh, for Honduras, but for the broken people, for the ones that are still lost, for the ones that are still bound, for the ones that wake up still full of fear, not knowing their place, not knowing their home. So when he calls upon us, he calls upon us, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And it's the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God that day or that night in that room and that place for each and every one of you where he touched you and he set you free in that moment. But he did it not just so that you could be saved, but that you could set others free for his glory and for his mission and for his purposes, which is souls. Can I pray for a minute? Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you, uh, Lord, to uh, honor you. Uh, you're so worthy to be praised. And Father, we just we come humbly and we just ask that, that uh, you would move amongst the family here, amongst your children. Lord, that you would just prick our hearts for what pricks yours. Lord, that you would just use the words, use your love, use your compassion that we all leave here with a sense of mission and duty of what it means to be a saint for the Almighty God. And we'll give you all the honor and all the glory. How can I explain my heart for Honduras, the mission, the people, the kids, the needs? This year alone, there's been two massive hurricanes that have absolutely wiped out over half of our village uh, pastoral churches. I mean, literally, they're, they're, they're walking down the street and they're picking up little mattresses on the side of the road covered in mud and they're bringing it back with the water up to here to put it in their home for six of them to sleep on. How can I explain to you as we sit and, and I sit in, in my home and in my comfort the pain, the struggle that they go through? I don't have to. The Holy Spirit will. They have no government to come in and save them. 68% unemployment rate. Murder capital of the world. I'm going to go over our three missions. Trust me, this was 57 pages. I got it down to 11, so amen. We have three main missions there. One is called Operation Oil Refill. The other is Feed the Babies. The third is Plant Water grow. I'm going to give you some vision, some background, maybe read a letter or two from families, play a few videos, and then tell you what we need to do kingdom work for the kingdom. Operation Oil Refill, the vision was to serve the servants of God and refill their oil for service. On my first trip to Honduras, I was blown away by the presence of the Holy Spirit in those villages and in the churches. And specifically with the commitment and the calling on the pastors. Most of the pastors wake, walking up sides of mountains for over two to three hours just to witness to two or three families. 
rolling off of beds at five o'clock in the morning and crying out to God that he would deliver what his family needed for the day. But praising him, worshiping him, leaning on him, full of gratitude and contentment for exactly that they had been chosen for this cause. Living in conditions we couldn't even begin to, to understand. They thought when I came there, I was there to bless them, but they were the blessing to me. It was their courage, their love, their humility, their commitment. It was their faith. As a man who pastored a church, I know the blessing and the struggles of the calling. Everyone needs you, and rightfully so. You're the shepherd. But it can get exhausting. Working in the inner city, I experienced long hours pouring into those struggling with addictions that had no hope, but I would show them hope, Jesus. I loved them with Christ's love, and I gave them everything that we had, time, money, prayers, roof over their head, food, clothing, the sacrifice, the long hours. The best of us can be beaten down from it. But then the second time I came to Honduras, I had an upper room experience with a pastor. And in the midst of it, he was telling me how he woke up that morning at 5 o'clock in the morning praying for a miracle to get his family to Guatemala, and he had no way to get there, and we showed up with the blessing. Through tears and through his wife running around singing praises to God, God spoke to me and said, refill their oil. You see, the pastor is there for the flock. But sometimes who's there for the pastor? I mean, obviously God, I understand that. But many pastors will understand what I'm saying. And that's when God showed me to be his vessel, to fill the pastor's vessel with oil. To give them rest, recuperation, renewed vision and strength. And so Operation Oil Refill was birthed out of the commission God has for his servants on earth. I immediately brought, bought a property on a small island that we couldn't afford off the coast of Honduras called, this was the name of the place, Big Rock. It was on this rock that the vision became a reality. Two years later, in 2020, I was awoken by the Holy Spirit in the middle of the night, and he said, you're a vacation missionary. He revealed to me and he showed me these families that uproot their wife, their children, and forsake it all to deny themselves, pick up the cross, and follow him. They go into jungles and on mountains with no running water to spread the love of Christ and to disciple them to disciple others. He commissioned me to open up Big Rock to the missionaries, and within 72 hours, we had the entire year of Operation Oil Refill booked. What is it? Operation Oil Refill is a seven-day escape for the pastors, the missionaries, and their families. It's to give them a time where we serve them. We wash their feet. They unwind. They relax. They get some fun. They get some refilling. They get to go snorkeling and shell hunting and kayaking and pizza nights and fellowship with God. Big Rock has a full staff that cooks, cleans, and a boat captain to take them around the island. What a wonderful calling. I've personally seen pastors and their wives get to Big Rock with their spirit and their continents just completely extinguished. And as they walk with the Lord day by day, with that oil running on empty, you actually can see it filling in their spirit. 
After a week of loving on them, serving them, and ministering to them, they are alive, refreshed, and the oil has been refilled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Then they go back to their villages, and they're full of the Holy Spirit. They're full of the fire, and they say, what happened? They said, we don't understand it. We don't know them. They came from across the, the, the world in the middle of nowhere to come and tell us that Jesus is still rooting us on, and I'm here to tell you, he's alive. What did I learn? Do something so big that only God's favor in his hand will be able to catch you from falling. This was, I have, this is just letters that were sent in the last year from Operation Oil Refill. And I did just, I mean, over 30 letters. I'll read one to you. This is the one before they came. Why is this refill important to you, I asked them. And what do you hope to get out of this stay? This is their response. Oh my. These past nine years, sitting that, in Honduras have been amazing. But they have also put us through the fire. Seven years ago, my husband passed away after a very short battle with pneumonia. A year later, our home burned down, and we lost everything we owned. Through the grace of God, we rebuilt and were able to buy a home in Segato, one of those words, where we lived rather peacefully for several years. Last summer, we had another rough, rough patch. In June, Lisa and Allie drove into a gang war in Tegucigalpa and were shot at, although the vehicle sustained major damage after a very rough night, we were all okay. In July, however, a gang came to our home, took our family captive, tying everyone up, holding us at gunpoint, and threatening to rape and kill us all. After robbing us of most of our possessions, including our van, they left us. We were forced to leave our home. And find refuge elsewhere. The police said they could not keep us safe. But we couldn't leave. Needless to say, it has been a very rough year. Of rebuilding and redefining God's calling. But God has been good through it all. And we are ready to be refreshed and refilled. I'll show you a video. I wanted to read to you. Hopefully, this is a letter after going to Operation Oil Refill. Before this, I felt like God was done with me. And with my 43rd birthday approaching, I literally kept crying to the Lord saying, what hope do I have to look forward to? This week, in the sound of the waves and the hospitality of a loving family who wouldn't let me do anything and wouldn't let me bless them, I found hope and Jesus still loves me. And if I can come meet Mr. Rob and Heather and give them a hug as I cry at their feet, as they have shown me so much love this week, and yet I've never met them nor do I know them, to God be the glory. 
What do we need? Obviously, funds. The Honduran pastors that we bring over, they cannot afford to get over there. They cannot afford food while they're there. Um, the staff, the upkeep of the property, more, but more than anything, we need you to know. We need you to know. We need you to pray. We need you to believe with us that God is taking them, refilling them, putting them back on that mainland in San Pedro Sula and changing the lives for a kingdom. We have new projects there. We've got to put a new wall up around the property. We have new pathways that are all rotted out that we need to redo. And we're looking to put a mission together with this family here to go do some of that work. And that's just the beginning of the vision that I'll end with. So that's one. Could there be another? Yes, there could. Number two, operation, feed the babies. On one of the mission trips to Honduras, I was taken by the apostle, and we were taken in San Pedro Sulo. They have the bordeo, uh, the, I think I'm saying it right, it's the poverty belt that surrounds St. Pedro Sula. And St. Pedro Sula was the capital murder of the world. Now it's number two. Um, but anyway, we pull up. And as we pull up and I get out of the car, I hear all these children singing. And they're just Alleluia. And it was literally angelic. And I'm like, what, what is that coming from? And he said, follow me. And there's nothing but boxes and wooden houses along the sides of the dirt road. And there's this little path that you walk down covered in, in just filth. And you get through that clearing. And on the other side is about 80 children praising Jesus. 80 of them just crying out to him, loving uh, to, to be together as a family. And, and I, I was overwhelmed. I was just absolutely overwhelmed. And all of a sudden, they have a worship leader who's eight years old leading worship in the middle of this yard with garbage everywhere. And she gets done worshiping, and this 10-year-old intercessory prophetess warrior grabs me, comes over, gets onto her knees, grabs my stomach, and starts praying and I'm just overwhelmed. I can't stand up. I fall down. I'm like, what is going on to the apostle? And she said, she's praying right now for the healing for your wife because of an inflammation disease. And it was truth. She couldn't go with me because of the pain that she was going through. And here's a 10-year-old giving Heather her healing. And then I look over. And I see two or three little babies, maybe five, six, seven years old, and nothing but little underwear, covered in dirt, and they're like this. So after I cleaned out that little store they had there and gave the whole community what, what I could, I said, Lord, I can't help them all. And he said, help the one in front of you. Feed them. Feed them. So the first thing we did was we built a children's church underneath this building that we were going to buy because we, the Lord said if you feed them and you nurture the children, the top will be taken care of. The parents will come. 
So we fed them. We opened it up and we said, we're going to put a feeding station here. And we're going to have it be a sanctuary. And we're going to have them come in two or three days a week where they get filled with their bellies and then they get filled with Jesus. I came back about four months later to see how the program was going. And as we walked into the back, all the kids come running up, hugging us. And all of a sudden, this mother comes up and she's bawling. And she's crying and she's grabbing my cheeks as hard as I've ever had them grab and kissing me like crazy. And the pastor's crying and I'm like, what am I missing here? And he said, you don't understand the pain. She was telling you that her three children would come to her and go, mom, we're starving. We're hungry. And the mom would say, she had nothing. She said, all you can do is go to the house of God and pray for Jesus to bring you food. So they would go and they would fall on their face. Not, not for show, not for church, but in faith for God to show up in the midst of their pain. And she said they would go and they would pray and they would cry out to God and they would get up and they would jump and they would sing and they would praise God with empty bellies and go home. And she said, and then your team showed up. And God is real to him now. And he didn't see you. He saw Jesus. And he's running in here. And he loves the kingdom. And he doesn't want to be part of the cartel. He wants to be part of the kingdom. See, it's pills or pews. It's guns or God. It's the cartel or Christ. Now we have that church birthed a second church. I got another video. Anybody need napkins, you're going to need them now. To me, it's one thing to read the word. It's another thing to walk in it. You can almost hear... You know, when, when it comes to the Great Commission or it comes to, for when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And it's just, there, there's not a, a real grasp to you. There's a real grasp to Jesus. There's a real grasp to what we are truly called to do. We're to come into here, get fed, amen, to grow, to get closer to the Lord, and then to go out and to serve Him with everything that we got. And then to come back into here and talk about the victories that we claimed that week for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> what do we need? A village to feed an entire village for an entire month is 300 bucks. 300 bucks, 100 babies eat two to three times a week and get church afterwards. We have eight of our 16 churches already funded. The last... One is Operation Plant, Water, and Grow, and that's through the Wings of Mercy ministry, and it's what got me involved to begin with. The very first thing that we did when we, when we started with Wings of Mercy is we built a school up on the middle of a mountain somewhere, and that school turned up to be a revival. Uh, and that whole community now is born again, and I think they use the school now more for worship than anything else, but amen. So what happened was when I went... And, and I started visiting, and I started to see all these, all the pain in a lot of the pastors' faces. And 
I seen a, I seen a lot of buildings, but I didn't see a lot of fruit. And so I started to investigate. And the more I investigated, the more, the more that it, it became apparent that, you know, no harm, no foul, or, or maybe, but a lot of the missions were about going over, putting a church up, putting their name on it, and then leaving them. They would spend more to get there than they would on the actual people that were hurting. Then there was no foundational, there was no way to build a self-sustaining community within that. And so then they would leave, they'd have their name on the building, and let's go get another one and get more people involved. And yet, who was watering them? Who was growing them? Commitment. It takes real commitment to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Interested will not get you through the gates. I could tell you story upon story, and I'm out of time. But right now we're overseeing 20 pastors who are spreading the gospel and hope. We have pastors. We have a pastor that was the the actual general for the cartel. His job was killing people. That's what he did. And this lady that was called from this little old church by God started visiting him on Sundays at the prison. And at first he was thinking about ways to get her alone so that he could have his way with her and kill her afterwards. And she kept coming every Sunday and preaching the gospel to him over and over and over again. Jesus loves you. There's a better way. And she was pouring into him. And all of a sudden, the demons that had bound him for so long started breaking off. And after four months, he says, I want this Jesus. And she led him to, through salvation. It was demons manifesting, throwing up different bile as all the demons were cast out of him and he was filled with the light and the love of Jesus. This man right now is moving within the cities with that kind of background and he is changing lives every day for the kingdom. Every day. We have a youth, we partner with another uh, group uh, and we're hoping to partner with their business called United Grounds. It's out there in Honduras. But we do a youth conference every year of over 500 kids for three days. So I want to coordinate a mission trip for Life Church. Life Church mission trip. We'll land on the main island. We'll go visit three or four churches. We'll do a feeding. Then we'll go to the pastor's conference that's in the upper room that's got over 20 pastors. You'll walk out of there so full of the Holy Spirit, you won't even come down for three days. Then we'll go serve at a school getting lice out of little baby's hairs. Then we'll go to visit the babies that are being born at the hospital and the mothers and bring them gifts and we'll preach the word of God. And then we'll fly over to Roatan. We'll see the property. What property? The property of Operation Oil Refill. We can work on the property for three or four days fixing the wood and the walkways. And then we can see the land. What land? Oh, Life Church Roatan. Life Church Roatan. So the four acres will be paid for. The building will be built by this church's hands or it will not be built. And we're going to start a ministry there called Kite Ministries. K-I-T-E. The reason being Heavenly Father. But right down from the land is a kiting. You know the surf kite, kite surf? And he gave me kite as the acronym. And I'm like, what is kite? 
He said it's Kingdom Identity Transformation and Equipping Center. Kingdom Identity Transformation and Equipping Center. We're going to change the culture of life to, of Roatan one soul at a time. We're going to bring them in. We're going to nurture them. We're going to love them. We're going to commit to them. We're going to open up. We're going to give 10 people scholarships to go to college and get an education. We're going to have a place to go to. On Roatan, all there is is tourism. So it's just sex, drugs, unemployment, sex trafficking. And we're going to change the entire culture. Who is? The church. The church is. Well, what can I do? How can I make a difference? In the sixth chapter of John, there was 5,000 men plus their women and children. 20,000 people starving. The disciples didn't have the answer. You know that, that out of 20,000 people, plenty had something to give. Plenty. But one boy, one no-name, one kid that wasn't even counted amongst the 5,000, he steps forward and says, I don't have much, but what I have, I give it to you, Lord. And what can God do with what you give to him? You don't understand, Rob. I've been married three times. You don't understand I'm battling this and I'm battling. Your healing is in your walk of your service. Your healing is when we get out of us and we start to share Christ and he ministers through that and you walk in your healing and your victory and in Christ. What can you do? I was bound alcoholic all my life, from 12 to almost 40. Had nothing, couldn't get anywhere, couldn't do anything. Owed hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I was broke, busted, and disgusted. And then God. He said, what do you got? And I'm like, I got nothing but pain and hurt and misery and doubt. And he said, give it to me, son. Quit carrying it and watch what I can do with it. Each one of you has something to give to the kingdom. I promise you. And the devil's going to distract you. The devil's going to put doubt in you. The devil's going to let this world start to suck the light right out of you. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Love is an action word. It's an action word. You don't understand, Pastor. I can't get to Honduras. Okay. Can you get to the parking lot to get in your car to leave? In, in closing. <clears throat> Quit listening to the devil. God will use you if you just step in. I, I have to do this, but my wife, Heather... And the whole Firestarters ministry. She's like, I got no money. I got no structure. But I got the love of Jesus. And the love of Jesus is for the love of broken people. And I have to do something. Every week, 
running to Wilmington to try to get meat for free, running with my truck over to a big warehouse to, to load up boxes, to Aldi, to Panera, anywhere and everywhere. Carrying those things, many times her hands lock up the next day, and you watch her go like this to crack them open. It's not about her. What is it about? It is about love. Love. You see, we, the Firestarters ministry had been going for 40 weeks. And for 40 weeks, there had been 30 to 40 cars. And this last week, there was over 250 cars. And I said, what is this, Lord? And he said, it is the birth. It is the birth. You have carried it for 40 weeks. It is now at term, and I'm ready to birth the ministry. And there was 250 people that were broken and lost and hurting, taking their chariots and pulling them onto holy ground. Now, you want to get busy? There'll be cars lined up for you to just say, is there anything you need prayer for? And every one of them or every other one of them will say, you're right. I Absolutely, I need prayer. And watch what God will do with you in that moment. Amen? We know you cannot get out give God. We understand that you reap what you sow. We understand the godly principles, the kingdom principles. But let me put it this way. If we put God first, we're putting love first. And Life Church Westchester is love. I go in through and through it, and he said, the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I have come so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. And I said, where do we get that? He said, serving others like I did. So the closing is this. It's about the kingdom. I know what's going on in the political field. Trust me, I know. It's hard to keep quiet sometimes about certain things, but the kingdom is about the gospel. And the gospel is about love. And God is love. And the love is about the souls, bringing souls back home to the Father. That's every Christian's mission. If someone asked me, show me an example of a Christian, I would say, come to our church. And they would say, where? At 1030 to get it? I say, no, at 330. Get here at 3.30 and watch the church on a mission. Praying for people. Healing people. Giving to people. And then when you're done with that, you come back on Sunday at 10.30 and get a word. What can he do if we can get this? You see, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. And it's always been about Jesus. I want to preach so bad on the last days, the scales I saw in the spirit with the trumpet. I want to talk about the remnant church. I want to talk about the antichrist spirit and how it's here. I want to talk about that son of perdition and how the enemy is manifesting because he knows his time is short. I want to talk about all of it. And the Holy Spirit said, talk about love because I am love. You see, I must do the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. We are Life Westchester. Life Church Westchester. We're going to reach the nations. We're going to reach our neighbors. We're going to be the remnant he talks about. We're going to be that bride that he's ironing out our wrinkles so that we can be prepared for his coming. Let's make a difference. A kingdom difference. So that we can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. The scripture I'll leave you with and my heart for Honduras. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth.
God bless you.